Hey, it's Karen. Coaches Corner Chats, episode four. Sean Mateo goes into all of the different types of coaching that he has going on in his life, and it is literally a full plate of coaching. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Karen. Coaches Corner Chats, and today I've got Sean Mateo on with me to just get us started so the audience can get a little background on you Sean give us a little insight onto what you're up to where you're at and all that good stuff this is my favorite one because as you were kind of briefly mentioning right before we we hopped on kind of have a little of everything um I, I wore my school colors uh, I'm the current head boys coach at Abscami High School I'm um, in Galway New Jersey so I just finished my first season there um I'm a Rutgers alum and outside of those, I'm the goalkeeper coach for Philadelphia Lone Star. I'm playing in WPSL, USL League Two, and NPSL. So a little busy with that. <laughs> so um, how, what does um, the, the Lone Star, do they connect to a, like an MLS group or are they kind of on their own? So they've been on their own. Um, so I... <laughs> I, I love this story because I actually used to play them for the club team I was a part of for a few years after college. Um, needless to say, we we got our butts spanked a few times by them. <laughs> um, they started expanding. Uh, so now they, they're really big in the men's game. They have it, an absolutely fantastic men's team. I got affiliated with them because they were starting a women's team. Um, at the time, I was a girls coach. I was a head girls coach at my alma mater okay. so connected with their head coach just a, a email and a, a hope and a prayer um and we started the WPSL team um so that's going into its third year of existence and over the last year I got kind of more involved or brought into the to the men's side to kind of take over the goalkeepers as a whole huh so, so is goalkeeping what you played when you were in college or in as you were coming up so in college yes as I was coming up no <laughs> that's that's a fun story um but yeah I, I was goalkeeper for Rutgers um actually I have my west coast goalkeeping banner right behind me so huh so what what did you play as a youth then what was your primary position then so I I mean this is probably my favorite story when I I was in high school I, w I was training as a goalkeeper um my high school was known for goalkeepers so okay. we had one every single year so we had when I was in school we had four goalkeepers so the competition was fierce um I was getting ready to be the the starting goalkeeper and I tore my ACL oh no so when I returned my doctor refused to let me play in goal so I wound up playing as a forward I'm um, still to this day don't understand that one but I was I was a talented forward in high school and then somehow played keeper in college. Huh. And they thought that's kind of interesting. The doctor said it was fine to run around and get tackled and, and go on one V ones with the keeper. And that was less dangerous for your knee than playing goalie. Yeah. In hindsight, I, I, I definitely think that was a strange one, but I also wore a massive brace. So I think I was more damaged to other people if they yes. came in to try and tackle yeah, me. I have been there and done that, that, that experience as well. Um, so the, so the cool thing I think about this, your, your experience is you've got 
like the high school, you have the college experience. Now you've got like the professional type of thing. Uh, if you had to pick one, what's your, what's your favorite kind of level? Or do you so, love them all? I, I mean, I do truly love them all. I coach, I've been coaching a youth club as well. So I legitimately cover the gambit. Yeah, um, however, I've really enjoyed the high school aspect because when I was in high school, I, I had an excellent coach. He's still there. He just won his 200th game. Um, but there was still, like, I didn't have a lot of the support to go to the next level. So I really, once I left college, I really wanted to be in that, that point and that, that position of influence where I can help these players go to the next level or, or at least soccer as a way to go to college or, or go do something else with it. So I, I would say high school, um, I loved starting the women's team, however, because it was kind of nice being able to pull and find the best players while not really interfering with high school. Yeah. yeah, I would go high school. The women's thing sounds really cool because that's such a large movement now. It's mm -hmm. this big push for the female side to become more, you know, professional, I guess, in a way here in the U.S. And I know it's growing across the way, so it's cool. Right. And, and we actually had, you know, we, we were based obviously right, right in Philly. Um, and when I say right in Philly, we're across the street from the Phillies baseball stadium. So we can behind our scoreboard, you can see Citizens Bank Park, you can see Lincoln financial field. So it's a really cool atmosphere. Yeah, um, but being in Philly, the closest women's teams are sky blue FC up in North Jersey or the Washington spirit. So it was kind of nice being kind of that middle ground and starting to show that. And you were asking about um, professional clubs. Our men's team doesn't, even with Philadelphia Union being 15 minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. But our women's team started to develop a relationship with Sky Blue. So that, that was kind of cool. And we, we had some players go up and try out and, and even just work out with that team during the summer. So that was definitely a very unique experience to be a part of. And so love the high school experience. And I just finished my first year um, at the high school level. And so what were some of your, what were some of your takeaways from, from, from this past year? Of course, COVID affected I'm sure. So this was I, my seventh year overall in high school. It was my fourth year overall as a head coach. Okay. And I, I used the term tough. And it wasn't tough because the team, the, the program was, was excellent. Um, it, it's had some great history. So I felt like I took it over in the right, right spot. I knew a lot of the team because I was with their girls team last year. So I just kind of slid over and took over the boys team. Um, but when you talk about we hit everything, I didn't start until June was when I officially got hired. So in New Jersey, that's when everything was shut down. Yeah. So my first interaction was via Zoom yeah. um, <laughs> with the team. We had a shortened summer season, like we would normally start the Monday after 4th of July. We would start with practices quite a couple times a week. We were only given August. And normally our preseason starts second week of August. Well, it didn't. Our entire season got pushed back. We were shut down for the first two weeks of September. And then we started going. And uh, it, was, it was tough because we also got shut down in the middle of the season. 
Um, we had a, a COVID case right, right on our team, so we were shut down. The entire program was shut down, literally dead middle of the season. So it was, it was tough just to keep them motivated and kind of going with all that stuff that was going on. So did you guys get a full season of games in, or was it we played, only? Or? We played eight games. We played eight games total. Um, we did get – the nice thing was we were able to get playoffs in. They actually did a traditional playoffs. Uh, the bad thing is we played the team that eventually won the title. Huh. Um, so that was game eight. So some of these other teams played 15, 16 games – and like I said, we, we came off a really tough opponent. We get shut down the next day. So it was two weeks until we really got back on the field and kind of wasted a lot of the stuff that we had worked on. So it's just how do you take the, the little things from it? So, I, I mean, we, we had a season. Take that as yeah. much as you can. We, yeah, we didn't have a great too. season, but we had a good season for what we had to deal with. So – just me being kind of selfish when it comes to um, training your keepers within your high school setting, do you do um, kind of isolated type of training or do you just keep them in the mix of, do you know what I'm saying? That kind of setup. So I do a little of both. It depends on the day. Um, as I said, I, I worked with the girls team last year and was primarily with the keepers we had two last year this year there was one girl's keeper and one guy's keeper so I would work I would bring both of them together and work um at least to start and then put them back into the game I mean I had a first year starting keeper for me this year on the guys team so I had to give them as much as possible yeah but as I said without kind of that off season it was like yeah all right so I ideally I like to pull them aside um, I have two very good assistant coaches and I'm like, listen, you take everyone else for a half hour. I'm going to go work with them. We'll come back and here's our plan. So in a perfect se season, that would be my goal. This year was far from that. So do, it, do you, does your boys program and girls program have a really good, it sounds like the, the ability to like share player, not necessarily share, but ability to say, Hey, I know that you can give some quality training to my keeper. I'd love for you to work with her. Um, that's kind of cool to hear that across the programs, there's a good kind of relationship. Right. And, and I think a part of it, uh, um, the head coach, the girl, the woman's head coach, she's been there. I think she just finished her 20th season. Um, she played at Ole Miss. So her and I connected immediately having played at, at that high level. And when I told her I was leaving to take over the boys team kind of made that deal with her. So I, I think in the past there has been, kind of a relationship I don't know how great it's been between the boys and the girls but we share the same fields we practice we were very competitive I was like I'm gonna do everything I can and we need to we need to have that relationship so do you think that that is something that's a, a, a easily a pro in this situation yeah okay yeah, I, th I think that that was huge. And that was when I was, I started at my high school. So I went to a very tiny high school and the boys coach was, is still there. Um, I took over the girls program and same thing. It was like, listen, let's have this good cordial relationship. If you need anything from me, like you said, with keepers or 
however we can work with it. I think it's important because you never know what girl's going to have a brother that wants to play or, or what guy's going to have a sister. Yeah. And if you just have that relationship, oh, it's really easy to bring up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So now um, what is, what is a typical week for coach Mateo look like with all of these little, these things you're juggling? What is a, like, I know it's a little bit different, but like kind of maybe a typical week between like dealing with the WPSL and then some keeper stuff and then high school and club and everything else. So I, I've been really lucky. I, I think in, in all of them, they've been really good and, and manageable. Um, the WPSL never happens till the spring. So we start in May and go till, gosh, our first season, we went till July because we played in the con- conference final. Um, but it's towards the end of the club season. It's, I don't, I, I coach track at the high school too, but track it's a lot more well, manageable. You're yeah. a crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. My fiance would definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, really none of the things ha- have really interfered. Like I, I know I would, I would go till like 10 o'clock at night, a couple of nights, but you know, I'm doing things I love with soccer and experiencing the different things. And plus doing all the different age levels. Like, it's not like I'm going with the same age level and the same problems going with the youth or going to the college level players in the WPSL. It gives a nice break. So it's kind of a different coaching mentality. That's what I was just going to get into. How, how does your coaching, how do you, how do you, how does it change from like dealing with the high school kid to dealing with um, as you move up to like the professional, what things, how do you kind of maybe your take on things, your focus and stuff change a little bit? So I, I have to say that the biggest thing with that kind has come down to planning. I am very detail oriented when it comes to soccer. Don't ask me about anything else when it comes to <laughs> soccer. I am. Um, I'm a very big planner. So I think it's more, okay, well, I'm working with a high school level. So ABC might have to be toned down a little bit because I don't know them. Whereas when I get to those higher levels, I have to think of ways to really challenge them and kind of go from that. And I, I was lucky my first season with the WPSL, I pretty much got to handpick the keepers that we were bringing in. So I actually coached against a couple of them. So I already knew kind of the levels they were at. So I knew how to go a little bit more intense with them. Does that, do you find it uh, intimidating at all that when you start dealing with the professional level or because of your planning, does that help kind of build that confidence or is there a part of you like, I got to be on my game for these The high school kids. I might be able to get away with some stuff, but maybe not so much on the professional side. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wasn't as intimidated. I definitely went more planning. I was intimidated when we brought in a goalkeeper. She was at Villanova. She's now at Clemson. She had played for the U.S. youth national team. Okay. And it's like, that's one where you really have to stop and be like, okay, am I doing this right? Am I doing enough for her? Or am I also developing these other players? That was the only real time that I felt absolutely intimidated coaching someone <laughs> uh when it comes to like picking keepers what what are some of those attributes that you're looking for when you kind of selected these um the original group of girls or or what have you what things do you do you like to see i said the one big one 
And, you know, it, it was funny because when I saw her name pop up, the high school I started coaching at, she was at our rival school. Um, legitimately in one season, she pitched three straight shutouts against us. So I already knew kind of her work ethic and her passion for the game. And I saw when she came out to try out that that hadn't changed. She still really wanted to work. She wanted to develop. And I think that was a big thing for us as we were still establishing ourselves as a team in the league. So we wanted players that were going to kind of develop with us. Yeah, we wanted the top players, but we also wanted players that weren't just going to be a one-year year deal. They were going to want to stay. They were going to want to learn. And so that's why I definitely with a couple of them, I saw that in them and was like, yeah, I know they're going to want to stay. I know they're going to want to work. And she wound up being all conference for us in the WPSL. So I think it worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. And is the WPSL, is that, so it's like, if I'm on the team, I could be, I could stay for three, four, five, six years. It's, I equate the WPSL to kind of how, um, MLS now has like the USL championship and like those it's the second tier of women's soccer. So you're going to get people that can stay. And I mean, some teams will treat it just like a, a USL league Two, the old PDL where it's college based players developing, trying to step on. I think we're trying to kind of bridge that gap. Like I said, with no pro team, pro women's team in Philly, I think having that ability kind of, starts creating it or at least creates the passion to possibly bring one there eventually so it's kind of in between yeah I, I would say some people will stay and some people will be current college players that just want the development over the summer that's so awesome that's cool how it just like you said it started with just an email and you're like hey I'm interested in this and it's funny how you hear stories about it's just about timing and who you happen to know at that time and uh and reach out and what have you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, it baffles me all the things like track as well. It's just amazing. Like the, the balance is the easy one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, I guess there's only whatever the track meets are and then knock those out. And well, it's, it's nice with that. I, I mean, my fiance, she coaches track. We actually coach together in that. She's also a soccer coach. Um, she coaches at her high school. So it's nice kind of having someone too who understands the schedule and like for track, if, if I had a soccer game, be like, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to this because that was more my passion. I was just out to help out. So it, it's never been an issue aside from me possibly not sleeping, but <laughs> yeah. So, so she, she knows what she was getting into, I guess, in a way yeah I don't know if she would agree with that right now but yeah I think at the time said yes right yeah exactly that's like a recent that's a is that a recent engagement yeah October actually so it was, ironically enough it was while my team was shut down um we were coming off like the following week so it just worked out um but it was it was kind of funny because a week after two weeks after we got engaged her high school her high school and my high school are maybe 15 minutes away from each other. Um, the girls' teams played against each other in playoffs. The school I work at won. That was a fun car ride home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good thing. I, last year I was coaching for them, and we did coach against each other. Um, it didn't go so well for me last year. This year I was like, of course, when I'm not with 
them actually on the sideline. And that's when they decide to win. So. Yeah. We'll blame the coaching on that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I want to kind of pick your head about, so goalkeeping, there seems to be so much push now for uh, kind of the Manuel Neuer kind of style of player. Is that something that you see as being kind of the, is the ability, yeah, it's great to stop shots, um, but now there's an even bigger, like you have to be part of the buildup. Um, you have to be good with your feet, all those types of things. Are those things that you see as even at the professional level or even at, with your high schoolers, things that you think the keeper is the keepers, is that kind of maybe changing a little bit? I think so. I, I mean, when I was in high school, um, you know, it was, it was about the athleticism. It was make the save. I, it was, again, it was a small high school. We didn't have full keeper training when I was there, but that's always what I felt the mentality was, was just make the save however you can. I'm definitely seeing more now, especially with the, you know, the consistent approach to want to build from the back, like you said, or teams absorbing pressure even both the keepers at the high school I'm at, they're fantastic with their feet. I mean, the one that plays for me was a midfielder for the team last year and we kind of converted him. So it's definitely, you know, I think it's a chain of the trend. Um, And I think that's just how style has gone. And especially now with, you know, the new goal kick rule and really having to play, you can play inside the box. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a trend that I think has shifted. But I have always felt that keepers need to have feet skills. They, they need to have it. And a lot of coaches didn't really teach that. So there was a lot of like, if it's played to me, I'm just going to crush it as far as I possibly can. And it'll become a 50-50 battle at midfield and I'll have to deal with it and, and what have you. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, honestly, I didn't really get that kind of eye-opening shock until I was in college. And and I remember just doing some small side games. I want to say it was during our spring season. So it was the short time that we were allowed on the field and really getting that, like getting the ball played back, like having to do something with it. And I never understood that. I was more like, well, you said, well, if they play back, I'm just going to clear it. Yeah see what happens. Now it's like, no, we want you to be able to maintain possession. So I definitely had that eye-opening experience when I was in college and have that really changed my mentality on training keepers and, and developing like that. Was the, the time at Rutgers, were they part of the big 10 at that point? So <laughs> I, we were a part of everything at that time okay. um, because we were, I was there when we were there our last year of the Big East, our one year in the American, and then our first year in the Big Ten. Okay. So we, we were multiple in in a sh- very short amount of time. And what? How was the experience? I've never I never played college soccer. So what was that experience like? You know, I've got some kids that want to go play at that level. What would you say is kind of maybe the? You know, they always ask like, what's the difference between playing high school and and, and college and so maybe you can shine some a little bit of light on that. So I have to just preface this with my my route to college was completely bizarre. Um, I would like I said I I was a goalkeeper, but I played forward. Coming out of high school, I was kind of recruited to go and play just a couple small schools to play forward. Um, 
I kind of just said, you know what, I'm just going to go to Rutgers. They had, I originally was an engineering major, so I went there for that. Um, I didn't actually get onto the team until my junior year. I walked on. So my entire experience is not like what most people have. Normally you walk on your freshman year, yeah. and mine was my junior year. Uh, <laughs> but to answer your question, you know, I, I think high school and, and college are comparable because you're practicing every day. You're, you're going through the workouts. You're going through the gambit. Not like club soccer where you'll play practice Tuesday, Thursday, play a Saturday, Sunday tournament. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was honestly just the workload, you know, really emphasizing in, in strength and conditioning. So really hitting the weight room. I think that was when my body kind of rejected the team at first was when we first hit the weight room because it was so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, and honestly, just the pace of play. I mean, you see the guys that we would have and just in our small side skirmishes, it would just be so much faster and it's, you have to make decisions quicker. But outside of that, I think they're comparable, especially with it's a short season, you're practicing every day and you're playing Wednesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday. So. What, what, and what uh, inspired you to say, look, I'm a junior going to my junior year at Rutgers. I think I'm going to go walk on or try out for the soccer team? So I was playing with the club team at Rutgers, um, and we had, we had a couple of really good seasons. Um, my sophomore year, I actually was part of the club team and went to regionals, you know, in, in club soccer. Um, I had tried out that year and got a no. Fine. Like, you know what? I still have some time. I just spent the year working at it, and the fall – trying to think of what year it was probably fall of 2011 or 2012 I just went back out again and they were like yeah we want to bring you in so I just think it was sheer will and you know not giving up on that that I was lucky to do it um but yeah outside of that I just you know I thought I could do it so I was like why not I'm gonna give it a try I think that's so cool that like, like even it seems like everything that you that's kind of clicked for you has been just by you just taking a chance, um, which I yeah. think is so cool for people that are listening and watching. And then it'll be even cooler for your high school kids, like you said about now kind of giving them, helping them with the avenue to the next level. But for them to, to hear like, look, it's okay to go to a college and maybe play in the club. A lot of, um, I know some club teams here, like Ohio State's club team and some of them play at a ridiculously high level. Um, yep. you know, almost comparable at, they just didn't want to deal with the daily practices and, and all the requirements for class and all those things, you know, and the travel and what have you, but still there's that. But, um, I think it's cool that kids need to know that there's, there's different routes to it, even with the experience you're having with the WPSL as it comes along where kids, you know, ladies are using it as a, a maybe a springboard, or maybe this is an opportunity for me to get back into the game and, and rehab some, things and maybe get my confidence back um so I think that's I think it's really cool just kind of your story which is why it's kind of I've loved talking to people because you start hearing you know I keep telling people on Twitter you see the 140 characters and then you mm -hmm. people are so quick to make a judgment but you don't really understand where people are coming from or what their experiences are so it's really cool to hear where you've been and you know experienced absolutely and you know like what you were saying I, I think it's you know, I, I've always said, and 
you know, having players who want to go play at a D1 level or D3. Like I had a, a player this year just kind of mentioned a school and I was like, do you want to play? He was like, why? I was like, I know the coach. I've worked with him for years. Like if you're going to the school anyway and they can possibly help you with it and you can possibly do it. Now I'm not saying you have to play all four years. You might not. You might want to stop after two. It happens. Why not give it a try? And I think he's, he's about to commit. So it's just little things like that. And I think that's why, like we had said earlier that I really, I really enjoyed the high school level. I, I've always dreamed of coaching at a college level. It's, you know, coaches dream would be to coach there, but I think being able to also help these players go to a next level, whatever that means has been more fun and surprising for me to be able to do that. Do you think, um, when, how are, how have you, um, like morphed or changed or, or, uh, since when you first took over the high school program, what kind of things do you think that you're a di- as different as a coach now than you were when you began? So I was definitely the, the coach that was absolutely a goalkeeper because I was very loud and obnoxious. Uh, um, and I was young. I started my high school coaching career when I was 23. So I guess that was my first year as an assistant. And then I took over a program at 24. So I was young. I didn't know any better. I didn't really know how to coach the game. But when I got, honestly, where it really kind of flipped was when I started coaching for the WPSL because it challenged me to have to have more of that plan and more of that understanding of where things went. So I think now I'm focused more on actually teaching the game and not so much yelling. That uh, that's kind of been the big thing that I like as my career has gone. That that shifted with it. That's uh, that's one of the things I keep hearing when I, I've talked to numerous coaches now is that like self reflection piece of, and I've even mentioned it where you go from being a player and giving input during the game is different than when when you're on the sidelines. It's a different like you're not in the mix. You're you know what I mean. You're not seeing it so I think that's cool that you were able to say all right look I'm not the keeper anymore and plus I think you realize too you got to put a little trust in the keeper that is out there on the field like it's your job to be the general and seeing everything exactly I I honestly you know as weird as it sounds I think when I actually retired from playing is when I started becoming a coach because I wasn't still playing I wasn't having to change personalities between playing and coaching I was just the coach I wasn't the player anymore so I think that was a big shift too. Has, because um, I know just having my wife in the mix has, has having your future wife in the mix, has that had an influence on how you coach and such? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so uh, big time. Um, a couple of years ago, I was at a high school. I was an assistant on stuff happened, the, you know, bad officials every coach can say that I picked up a red card. It was a really stupid red card. She still to this day, doesn't let me live that one down to remind me of like, this is when you were your worst. This is what you should be. And it was like, it was kind of that eye opener. And I think having her, especially when that happened, you know, changed how I've been for the better. Um, so yeah, that definitely that has had, I would say a very positive influence on, on me as a coach. And like I said, I think the WPSL as well, she was 
around. She would come to the game. She observed the head coach and I, we would, we would talk, but we had two different styles and I kind of realized, okay, I know who I want to be now. Like no offense, a fantastic coach. Um, I've learned a ton from him. Um, but I just saw a different style and kind of saw me in the other way, like actually saw me coaching um, and really started changing myself too from that. I think that's uh, again, like so cool to hear that you're, you kind of like taking all the feedback, one, having someone in your life like her, that's going to keep you accountable for what you're doing. Like, dude, it wasn't good, you know, and you know, it's not, but just to even have someone there that keeps you mm-hmm. in check. Um, but then the other thing to be able to have all these experiences and see how other coaches are doing things and how players relate with them or how it's coming across. Um, you know, I think we see so many things out on the internet about, Oh, everybody wants to play like Bielsa. Everybody wants to play like Pep. Everybody wants to play. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's gotta be like, you want your high school to play how, you know, Sean likes to play soccer and, it's going to should be a representation of you and you're your own type of, of coach and what have you. And I started learning a lot more about like changes and adjusting on the fly. Cause I, I know, you know, soccer is like chess. You have to make the adjustments um, and you have to do them quickly. And it's who makes the better adjustments. I really started learning that from coaching at the higher level with the WKSL. Cause we, we played a team from Dover, Delaware, who we were up to nothing. They made adjustments at halftime. They wound up beating us four to two. Um, and it was kind of that moment that I saw just how important the halftime is and, and changing and, and focusing more on that. But like you said, all the different experience. I don't think if I, if I didn't have that, I don't think I'd be who I am right now as a coach and able to teach and teach the players like, okay, this is what we need to adjust. Like even for our playoff game, we completely had to change our style because we knew we were you know coming off for two weeks off we were not the better team we were going against team that won the the title this year they were a very well coached team and we had to change our game plan and and we did we just got tired because of two weeks off but I think just having that idea and that mentality from a high level game seeing how important adjustments are makes a world of difference what things at the professional level did they have access to that you wish maybe you had at the high school level? So we were very, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, we had, our club actually did an amazing job with having all our games, especially when they were home live streamed. So we always had film. Okay. And I learned in college how important film is. So I, I was lucky. I mean, my, athletic director actually has like huddle so we actually started using that this year and it was so important to have that because we started seeing it and being able to to show guys I mean it was tough obviously with COVID we couldn't really get into a classroom and go over stuff but we would do some virtual film sessions and having that I think is so vital for for high school number one help helps get the players recruited because you have the film of them and number two sometimes the only way they learn if it is if they see it so that's definitely coming from that like professional level to high school that I was thankful I had yeah uh, the film side was huge for my group because we would talk about things and you could just tell that they did not get it until you pointed out and then you would stop and go, okay, where's the ball need to go here or where are our options or where could, you know, 
our right back go to help in this scenario. And so they were so much better at like, Oh, he should go here. And then, okay, well, let's hit play and see what actually happened. Um, type of thing. So that was one of the things I thought, I think the professional because of the setup and the money and all that kind of stuff has a little bit more, um, you know, use of that kind of stuff. But I think it's cool that, uh, there's opportunities, like you said, have been easier without COVID because you could have brought in certain right. guys and, and stuff. Uh, I'm also down. a big one that I would just sit down. I'm, and even just for me personally, like, you know, you're, you're in the heat of the moment. You're in the heat of the game. You sometimes see what happened, but you don't really see it. So being able to go back, it was really how I would, all right, plan for the next practice or this is what happened. So we need to adjust how – our forwards playing or how our center mids playing like how do they need to be to prevent this like we for example we went two games in a row where we lost in overtime pretty much a very similar way hmm. um and it, it, it was like strangest thing ever it was two two one losses in two days um and you could just tell there was something that happened and you couldn't really see it live because you obviously couldn't make an adjustment because the game was over when they scored the goal um, but to go back, it was like, oh, all right, let's let's really train this over the next couple of weeks before playoffs or make sure. So I even if I don't get a chance to show the players, I love having it personally because of that. Yeah, I think that's cool, too. And like you said, having quality assistants in the mix that can watch it, too, I, I found mm-hmm. is a major bonus to have that another couple of pairs of eyes that see things. Everybody sees things maybe a little bit differently, like on – whatever corner kicks I'm focused on certain areas and they're like, Hey, I was watching the keeper. I was watching, you know, whatever um, near post runs and all those types of things. So that's, I think film is awesome. Cause you can just quickly just share it and get feedback constantly from it. Exactly. I mean, so part of it's got, I, I used to, you know, let's just add on to my list of things I have experienced. I used to be a basketball coach. I did that <laughs> for three years. So we were very heavy into the film. Yeah. Um, I, that was when I started teaching and it was like, all right, well, you got to make sure you make yourself very important. So they keep you. Um, so I remember like first getting the experience of film in that way from a coach's perspective and having to dissect film and, and things like that. So I've always said like, you know, I think it can be more useful in soccer because there's longer periods. It's not like, all right, well this one or three things could happen. You have to figure it out quickly, like in basketball. So I think from then I really took it and how to look at film in a productive way and not just watch it to watch it. So if I, this is always a fun question. If I spring forward five, six, seven years, what is Sean Mateo? What, what is possibly going on? Have you simplified things? You mentioned college is, is there a, is there a kind of a focus as to I want to be in and maybe you start dropping some things a little bit and get more, not more focused. I don't want that to sound like a negative. I think it's awesome that you're in the mix and impacting at so many different levels. But is there a part of you that says, look, ultimately I want to be. Right. Um, I think there was, I think it's coming more, it's kind of coming more condensed. And I had an opportunity in the spring. Um, I was a candidate for a, local community college job and that was definitely if I really want to pursue college and going further I think starting there would have been a big thing um but I was also presented this head coaching position at the high school um 
So I decided that way. Um, I'm also working on a master's degree in school counseling. So I think I've kind of leaned more towards, I want to be that counselor, that high school coach that helps and, and gets these players to, to the next level. And that's why I think having the opportunity with the WPSL and, and those leagues is still so amazing because it gives me that higher level that I would have always dreamed about, but it's not overly taxing and I can still do what I truly want to do, which is school counseling and a high school coach, but still enjoy every aspect of it. So at one point I really would have said, and I was very actively pursuing some college positions, but now I think, you know, I found my home. It's, I want to be at a school for a little while and try to build the program. So I think that's where I'm at right now. I think it's cool too, because you clearly are kind of writing your own story when it comes to your soccer journey or just your soccer experience from going from high school to, to Rutgers and then deciding, you know, as a junior, I'm going to go in and, or even before that, I'm going to try to walk on and work out. I'm going to do it again. Yes, I'm in. Uh, and then just the whole, how the NPSL and the goalkeeping experience has come just through emails. And uh, I just think it's cool. It, the whole story is really neat. Um, and I was, I, when I was asking, I was thinking there's no way in the world he has it, he will have it condensed. Cause he's, I feel like you're kind of like, you have an idea, but you're not going to close doors and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, you know what I mean? I think that's, that's awesome because I think so many people get so focused on like, I'm going to be this. And then when it doesn't work out, they're like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, whereas I think you right. have, you have, you're giving yourself so many opportunities like this, you know, you don't even know if the NPSL thing could continue to grow and build. And if they get like a pro team, women's pro team in there, cause I'm hoping, you know, you think that league would continue to grow at the, at the higher level. Um, so that's, I think it's awesome. Now I will say that, that also goes back to the influence of my now fiance. Um, she for a couple of years was very much having me decide one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, ironically enough, I started, I got accepted to my master's program at the United Soccer Coaches Convention this past year. Um, and then about a month later, I started getting this phone call about this head coaching position at a college. So we were kind of chuckling that I finally made a decision and then more of the doors were opening. Um, but it, I definitely feel like it, it's been the right one. Um, COVID, I think, unfortunately prevented my high school program from doing what I think we all kind of expected and hoped. Um, we have 10 seniors that are graduating, so we're oh, going to be man. rebuilding a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think right now it's been the right decision. And I, I think, like you said, having these other opportunities, it doesn't, it doesn't automatically close the door. It's still there if I want to open it. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's really cool. And the other thing too, uh, that I think is a neat little mesh is that you and, and your fiance seem to have a really good kind of relationship to be able to work through these things like that communication side. Um, I know it's huge just for my marriage and what have you, but, um, it sounds like you guys are a good kind of yin and yang with one another in terms mm -hmm. of, of, of supporting. And then like, you know, I talked about earlier about the accountability type thing where she finally just said, look, you're going to have to make some decisions and take a, <laughs> take a road and, uh, you know, wherever it ends up. But that doesn't mean that there's not other little spots you can like take off and, and what have you. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this has been awesome to, to hear about all the little, um, all the 
insides and the the inner workings of <laughs> Sean Mateo. Um, well, I think when you you kind of you know I I'll add this. I think when you were saying I, I'm kind of writing my story, my own story. Um, there's definitely a reason for that. When I was in college, I lost two seasons from two major injuries. Um, so I didn't get the full opportunities that I would have liked. And kind of my playing career was kind of shut, not by personal choice, by, you know, doctors telling me you need to stop. Um, so it's been kind of nice to kind of take over it and write this story in the coaching side and kind of dictate how I wanted to go. Cause my playing career didn't end the way I wanted to. Um, even after college with the, the adult club I was playing for, it picked up another bad injury and kind of limited me. So it's been nice to, as you said, kind of write my own story now, even though I started in college, it's really my own coaching story now. Yeah, that's cool to find, like, because it at least keeps your passion going and, and what have you and the love of the game. Uh, and now you can live, you know, through the stories of, of your of your you know, these 10 seniors, like you said, the one that's now thinking about possibly going and playing, like how cool is that to be able to roll up and watch a game when he plays and all those kind of things. Exactly. Um, and even the one, like the one that just, uh, the goalkeeper that jumped to Clemson and stuff and that opportunity to play in the ACC is like unmatched and, um, and what have you. So I think it's, it's cool now because your ability to start making those um, impacts beyond just your own playing time. Uh, is huge, but so I've absolutely loved this chat. Um, Sean, if people want to get a hold of you, what's a, what's the easiest way to get hooked up with you? So I I'm on Twitter. I think Twitter's the the best way it's at S Mateo 30. I think my college number. Um, yeah. Um, or, or email me at S Mateo 25 at Gmail. I think those are two great ways to, to reach out. All right. This has been awesome, Sean. I really appreciate it. Hey, this is Coach's Corner Podcast Chats. This is Kieran, and I'm out. Peace.